For those living in a powder keg relationship with emotional abuse or physical violence, the most dangerous time statistically has begun. January and February are typically the months when situations that have been simmering erupt. The biggest increase is after the holidays, when the weather turns nasty and the family is inside together. Then the bills start rolling in from the holidays, tension builds within the family, and it escalates to violent episodes. While many assume abuse is something that mostly impacts those with lower income levels, the fact is that domestic violence has no socioeconomic boundaries. Safe Embrace is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation dedicated to educating our community and providing services to survivors of domestic and sexual violence. For over 17 years, they have been committed to ending the cycle of intimate partner violence with innovative intervention and prevention services in Reno, Nevada. Their website, safeembrace.org. After this quick break, I'll be talking with John Echemendi, the executive director at Safe Embrace, to learn more in my quest to increase public awareness about this issue because unfortunately, our state, Nevada, consistently ranks first in the nation for domestic violence fatalities. We'll be right back. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The U.S. Surgeon General recently declared domestic violence to be the number one health concern in our country today. Understanding the definition of domestic violence can help you take action against it. Some people may not even realize that they are inflicting domestic violence on someone else. On the flip side, victims will not know to take action against their abusers if they do not realize that what is being inflicted upon them is in fact domestic violence. Likewise, friends and loved ones of victims are in a better place to help if they understand what domestic violence looks like. Therefore, it's important that people understand the definition and the many forms it can take. My guest today is John Echemendi, the Executive Director at Safe Embrace, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation dedicated to educating our community and providing services to survivors of domestic and sexual violence. John has a master's degree in conflict transformation, is a trained mediator, and an experienced peace builder. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Well, let's start with a solid definition of what domestic violence is. Sure, domestic violence, or uh, the more inclusive intimate partner violence, uh, is a relationship that's characterized by one party in the relationship maintaining power and control over the other. Uh, so as opposed to kind of what people normally think about when they think about domestic violence, they're thinking about physical violence. Uh, and indeed, physical violence is one component, like you said in your introduction, uh, physical violence, brewing. Physical violence is the thing that, you know, when it occurs, you've crossed the line where, where everyone knows. 
um, of what's happened, and, and it's undeniably domestic violence. Uh, it's the rest of the domestic violence definition that, that people struggle with. So, uh, as I said, we define it as a pattern of power and control where one party maintains all or most of the power and control in the relationship. And it can be broken up into a few different types of components. And so we see economic power and control, economic abuse. One party maintains access to the finances, control over how the finances are spent in the family, and therefore control over the other party in the relationship, male or female. The, uh, there's a sexual component, one party maintaining power and control over uh, sexual relations in the relationship. Uh, and then, of course, there is emotional and verbal, which are often uh, some of the most common forms of domestic violence. And they're recognized as abusive behaviors, but often not as domestic violence. And, and I can tell you from personal experience growing up in an abusive home, but, but also working with literally thousands of victims here in, in Reno, um, that emotional component and the psychological piece to that, that is often the trauma that takes the longest to, to heal from. So that's that's a lot of the self-esteem and, you know, trust. where the trust and all of those. And so it's interesting because most people think of domestic violence as pretty much, you know, men violating or abusing women. But I know there's also, it can go the other way it as can. well. However, your safe embrace is focused on women. Well, yes and no. Oh, okay. Uh, so we provide services to males all the time. But uh, by all the time, I mean all the time when they call, the vast majority of our calls are, are women. This, this issue predominantly affects women. Uh, we, are, we are not a, a woman's organization. We're a domestic violence and sexual violence organization and, and therefore anyone, same-sex relationships, uh, male, female, hetero relationships can call us and receive services. So you, no one's period. denied. No, yes. no one is <laughs> no one is denied if we have room. But that's an interesting. You know, we were talking before before we came on air. We had twenty eight hundred requests for emergency shelter last year in Reno. Wow. Twenty eight hundred requests. We're currently operating a fifteen bed shelter. That's request for shelter. Do that math. We we simply cannot keep up with the demand for services with the uh, the resources that we currently have. Although uh, we're working on that. So you know that's pretty um, staggering. scary. Yeah. Staggering. And you know, is it because more and more people are getting educated about what actually is domestic violence and they're reaching out? Is it because you're doing better at public awareness? I I mean, how is it that we're in this community and there's, I mean, that tells me there's a lot of people that maybe aren't getting helped. There, there are indeed a lot of people that aren't, aren't receiving help. And, you know, domestic and sexual violence, intimate partner violence and sexual assault are, are two of the most underreported crimes in the country. So the Center for Disease Control um, has said that one in three women in their lifetime will be affected by intimate partner violence or, or sexual assault. Uh, and they've recently re revised their numbers for men from one in seven to one in four. Mm. So, you know, we we really do have an epidemic of unhealthy relationships in our country. And, you know, I often say we're not talking about Sharia countries. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about these stereotypical countries where, we, where we, you would think that women or, or men are, are treated 
poorly. We're talking about this country. Um, people in relationships aren't treating each other poorly. Neighbors, family, and friends are staying out of other people's relationships because it's taboo to get involved in someone else's relationship in our culture. And uh, people aren't intervening soon enough. So we have, for the last 20 years, so Safe Embrace have been around nearly 20 years. For the last 20 years, uh, the Violence Policy Center in connection with the Center for Disease Control have been counting in dead women uh, who are current or former wives or girlfriends uh, who are murdered by their partners, intimate partners. And that's been the measure for domestic violence. It's, it's a gruesome statistic, but when you consider that the police are not going to make an arrest for verbal abuse, ongoing verbal or emotional abuse, financial abuse, that kind of thing, they can only make an arrest if a physical assault has happened, physical assault has happened. So you can't, that number doesn't really hold up for measuring the instances of domestic violence in an area. So we have led the nation consistently for 20, we've only been out of the top 10 one time in 20 years. We have most often been in the top five. We're currently in the number two spot uh, this year, this last release year of 2015. Yeah, that, that's not a good list to be on. No. Uh, and certainly, you know, I heard you mention you came out of an abusive family. And so this is a cycle of violence that, you know, it doesn't end when mom or dad figure it out or separate. Now the kid has grown up in this. And so is that part of why right. you so are involved? Is, yeah. And yeah. So, and so what is it doing to all, you know, if you've got 2,500 people reaching out, how many of those have kids in the home? That's exactly it, is, you know, the cycle of generational violence. If, if we are truly, as a state, if we are truly invested in getting our names off of the list, then we have to work with the victims uh, to try to educate them in ways where they can protect themselves and, and recognize warning signs of abusive relationships and, and grow out of what they know about relationships, grow out of kind of, you know, if they grew up in, in homes like I did where there was ongoing domestic violence, where there was one party maintaining all of the power and control in relationships and, you know, the daily insults and the daily put downs and the daily threats and everyone walking around nervous about what to say, you know, you don't want to upset, uh, or in my case, my stepfather. Um, and so that constant anxiety uh, attached with trying to keep secrets and, and not express what you're truly thinking because you might set them off. Um, if you grow up with that behavior being normalized, then when you're in a relationship and the other party is acting that way, again, male, female, whatever, uh, when they're acting in a way that's normal to you, you may not recognize it. So we work with the, the victims to help them kind of identify what's safe, what's not, take their power back. Um, get their agency, make decisions for themselves, not allow themselves to be caught up in that way because that is what they know. It's what they grew up with. The same for the youth in our program. So, you know, the CDC says that they believe that a child who grows up in an environment with ongoing abuse, so physical, emotional, psychological, sexual, verbal, financial, that these youth are 14 times more likely to be involved in an abusive relationship where they are either the abuser or the abused or bouncing back and forth from relationship to relationship because it's normal to them. And so we're working with the victims in, in those ways, but we're also going out into the community and we're educating our youth all over 
town to recognize what's healthy, what's not, that, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, people that want to get more information, of course, it's safeembrace.org. And we feel that the, the website has lots of, lots of good Lots of good information. Of course, the crisis hotline is on there and ways that we as a community can get involved, certainly volunteerism. There's even a healthy relationship test. You can take it on, on the website, yes, no, yes, no. You just answer the questions and then you can kind of think about your, your relationship. Uh, there's one even for teens. Yeah. Well, that is fantastic. We do have to go to break. We come back. I'm going to pick up talking with John Etchemendi, who is the executive director for Safe Embrace. And so I want to learn more, uh, certainly as a business owner and how this affects business across our country, certainly our state and our community, and continue on to figure out what it is that we can do as humanitarians to stop this cycle and help people uh, live a good life and a happy life without abuse. We'll be right back. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. I believe we all have entrepreneurial roots, but that doesn't mean the ride isn't challenging. I know because I've experienced it, and I know because I see it every day. I've seen too many people struggle with their businesses because no one helped them with things that really matter. I've seen too many businesses fail that shouldn't have, all because they lacked the clarity and support they needed to stay on the rails and master the ride. That ends now. Catalyst Live 11 Weeks for Exponential Business Growth is the only Reno business class that goes much deeper than the old adage, you should be working on your business instead of in it. I think your business, when properly leveraged, should be working harder for you than you for it. That's why we focus on the 12 drivers of upside leverage that drive exponential business growth and directly relate them to your business. Join me, Sherry Hill, your facilitator and vision igniter, if you're serious about taking your business to the next level. Class starts February 8th. Go to renobusinessclass.com for all the details. renobusinessclass.com. Raising bees is becoming more popular by the day. It's an interesting hobby that has tons of benefits, whether you're young or old, and most important, you can help save the bees. If you want to learn the how-tos of this entertaining and profitable pastime, come to the 2018 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 23rd through the 25th in Yarrington, Nevada. This conference helps beginning and advanced beekeepers keep up with the art and science of beekeeping in a fun and informative way. To register, go to nevadastatebeekeepers.org. That's nevadastatebeekeepers.org. Safe Embrace believes that Reno can become a community where every individual is able to realize their human right to live free from intimate partner violence and will not stop working until this happens. Love shouldn't hurt. I love that statement. My guest today, John Etchemendi, is the Executive Director for Safe Embrace. Any questions, any more information you want to find out, I encourage you to go to their website, safeembrace.org. But John, let's talk about, obviously, you know, I spent a lot of time in the business world and domestic violence certainly spills over. I know one statistic here in Nevada that workplace violence, the number one killer of women in workplace violence is from intimate coming partner back. coming back to their workplace. And so as a business owner, 
Uh, these are the things that, you know, if we don't recognize the signs or we're not close with our employees and we don't know that something's going on, it could end up costing a lot more than just that employee's life. Absolutely. And we look at things like these mass shootings that are occurring, you know, ac across our country. And these shooters do have a common thread in, in many cases. Uh, and that and that is that they tr they abuse their partner. And, and often the police were involved and they knew that there were multiple domestics, uh, ongoing stalking. I mean, whether it was the, the church shooter who very clearly had some some big problems down in Texas or or our shooter here in, in Vegas who, um, you know, the stuff when they were when they were talking, oh, I know that guy. He's the one that talks down to his girlfriend. He's the one that, you know, was treating her this way. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to imply that there's a cause-effect relationship. What I'm trying to say is if someone is abusive in the, the home, then they're a threat in the workplace, you know. And if someone is abusive in, in the workplace, you know, I, I think it's a, a pretty fair, it's, it's calling it what it is, you know. People who treat, hurt people hurt people, and people who are running around um, being abusive are unlikely to change their stripes somewhere else. Well, I know there was a lot of focus, certainly in the last past legislative sessions, around, you know, the awareness of, you know, the sexual slavery, and, and you know, a lot of that starts with young girls in, believe it or not, middle school. I mean, that's where they're starting to focus, and so the sex slave trade and all of that, which is, you know, out here, it's still a form of sexual violence, in my Absolutely. opinion. And so you're talking about, was there some new laws passed? And we're a hub city for sex mm -hmm. trafficking. And, and the correlation between intimate partner violence and sexual assault and intimate partner violence and sex trafficking is clear. The, the intersections are, are very, very clear. The, the vast majority of sexual assaults in this country aren't cases where a woman's walking down a dark alley and she's raped by strangers. The vast majority of the sexual assault cases that occur in this country are women are being raped by their dates, women are being raped by their intimate partners. You know, just because you're you're married, that does not give consent, universal consent, unwavering consent. Uh, that's established each time and throughout throughout any act. Um, and so last year, 80% of the intakes, the residential intakes that we did for clients as they're coming into the shelter um, reported a sexual assault in the last 12 months by their intimate partner. These two things go hand in hand. And that sex trafficking piece, what's, what I think people fail to, to really kind of accept is that these, these folks that are finding themselves in situations where they become prostitutes and they're unable to get out. They're not allowed to get, their pimp is, is controlling them. And then it becomes trafficking. And then it becomes slavery. They, they might have entered in willingly. Um, but And then it, it the relationship transformed. Those, in those cases, and we house the, those victims, it's often very complex because the way that these these folks see their trafficker, their their abuser, is in, in a relationship. Their, their pimp is a pimp, but this person may also be their boyfriend or husband or, or family member um, and so it gets very very complex and so it gets very gray as to where intimate partner violence stops and and sex trafficking starts or, or sexual assault starts and, and stops and Senate Bill 361 is the, is the one we're talking about
talking about. And, and just this past year, uh, Senate Bill 361 was passed, and it actually uh, mandates that employers provide time off for employees who disclose that they are victims of domestic violence. Uh, and what's interesting about, and it's paid or unpaid, it's, it's not the state saying you have to pay an employee, and they understand the burden uh, that, that these employers face. I mean, I'm, I run a small business, and, and every time we lose an employee because they're sick or whatever, it takes a toll on our productivity. But uh, what's interesting is that we are recognizing that um, the health and well-being of the people who work for us as, as managers or business owners is directly linked to the success of our business and the investment we've made in that person and you know people are not things you know I can't tell you how many victims have come to us and said you know I no longer have a job because I was stalked at work he kept showing up my boss said if he shows up one more time you're fired so the victim is fired because they're being stalked yeah, tragic all the way around. It really, it really is. It so really I want to ask you because you only have space for 15 beds. Currently, 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 very exciting. So I mean, as a community, and we are a hub, and we're number one in the nation or number two in number the nation two, yes. right now. Right. I mean, what is it that we should be doing as a community? So you know, I participate in the Nevada Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence, and a lot of the co so it's all of the shelters around Nevada come together and. And, and we try to put our heads together and figure out how to work on the problem, both from the prevention side of the house as well as the, the victim response uh, side of the house. And the one thing that is, is very clear is this state lacks resources to deal with the problem. Um, we, we need more funding. I, I, you know, and I, I don't mean Safe Embrace needs more funding. I mean the toll the, concept. The, yeah. <laughs> All of the agencies working on this issue need the funding, and you, it's, it's really fascinating because this is such a significant issue. I mean, there, there was a case last weekend where uh, a woman was murdered here in Nevada. There w were cases, I mean, we, we will not be out of the top 10 again this year, let's put it that way. And the only way we get off this is if when a victim says, I want out, I finally got the nerve to pick up the phone and ask for help to get out. When a shelter says, I'm sorry, but we're full, and, and tries to encourage that victim to come in for free counseling, which we offer, or support groups, which we offer, or safety planning, which we offer, or free motel nights, which we offer. But when we try to get, and they say, no, 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 he told me, or she told me that no one would care, and I don't have enough to leave, you know, he, he tanked my job, to use that example right. again, or, or I have kids and, and daycare is, is killing us, so I just stayed home because it's cheaper to stay home than, than work a lower paying job and, and try to pay for daycare. Um, the reality is people are really stuck and we have a housing crisis. We have a housing shortage, especially affordable housing. There it, literally are fewer and fewer places for people to leave and go. Right. Oddly enough, when I was very young, uh, probably my 20s, uh, across the street from where I was living, they developed a, a safe place and of course you know we went around the neighborhood and absolutely you are not to tell anybody mm -hmm. this exists here and it's really interesting that was kind of my first introduction to wow these women are leaving whatever this environment with literally what they have on their back we safety plan with people yeah. sometimes we have a keyword they'll call us with a keyword the minute somebody walks out of a weekly motel the abuser walks out of the weekly motel or or out of the house and and they are out the door. We work with them on what to pack in their go bag and 
how to get out the door quickly with you know making photocopies of your documents and that kind of thing. We we send them an Uber, we send them a cab, we we pick them up ourselves in a, in a safe location. We bring them to our safe. Our safe house is so comfortable when people see it, and and there are some pictures on the website. It is not what you'd expect. It is it's not a mass shelter. It is a home. It feels like a home. Uh, people get their own rooms. We're the only pet friendly facility in northern Nevada. One of only two currently in the state. Uh, other shelters are, are making plans to accept pets and that's wonderful. Um, folks can come and go as they please. We're not on lockdown, although we do have numerous security protocols. And uh, what's really exciting is our house is 15 beds currently, but it's about to become 32 beds. We're adding another building right now. Uh, last year we had 800 people waiting on our wait list for, you know, with a safety plan in place, with an evacuation. As soon as they give me a call, they're going to say, you know, this is, and I'll use an example we don't use, this is Walmart calling about your order. And then you say, oh, that's not my order. And you're out the door as soon as you can. That, 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 these are the kinds of things that we do. And then they, they show up and we bring them into the shelter with their children with their pets, with whatever they could grab and get out. We have a transitional housing program, and so folks that are doing well in the shelter and working their plan, but at risk of returning to an abusive relationship because they simply can't make ends meet in the 90 days that they can stay with us. They, they haven't saved up that reserve for first, last, and deposit. Uh, and so we can provide up to 12 months of rental assistance in an apartment of their choosing. Nice. And that's really nice and unique and ongoing um, social work, case management support. Well, John, we, we blew through this uh, today and I, I gotta tell you thank you for being in our community and anybody that is experiencing or knows of anybody and wants to find a great resource at whatever level to start the conversation and break the cycle please go to safeembrace.org check out all their phenomenal resources and John thank you for being here and you know awesome We're happy to do it thank you SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening.